Hello, everybody, and welcome to Limited Run, where we ask the tough questions about the movies. And I have a very tough question for Greg today. Before we get into our limited run, reluctant action heroes taken, Gregory. So I'm facepalming already. You are red, green, colorblind. Did you know that Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker had different colored lightsabers? Honest, I can't picture the the lightsabers. Did did they? Great. Like, did you know that the evil people have red lightsabers and the good people have green and sometimes blue lightsabers? Yes, I, I can see the color. I can't see the shades. Well, right, but so red, red, green, green they're kind green. of both red and kind of both green, right? Like, I don't... You're asking me, the colorblind person, what color right. it is. Well, like, when you look at the color red and the color green, they look relatively alike, right? No, they look like red and green. They look like red and green mixed together, or... No, they look like red. Well, here's it. Here's the thing, Richard. I see it as my red and my green. Okay. So, they are distinguishable. I can see them side by side. But if you had five shades on either side of the color, I can only see two of the shades. Okay, I was just curious. Like I, I've looked at like supposedly like pictures and stuff. They're like, this is what a colorblind person sees, and more often than not red and green look very similar no they don't look similar to me okay i mean i know that you have a red car and that you just see invisible like straight into the seats with your red car yeah i stare at the engine yeah that's what i do that's how i found the cat in there this morning <laughs> did you actually find a cat in your engine this morning no i didn't because that happens well i mean if it's, like, if it's there it's <laughs> I guess. Greg's driving down the highway smelling burning. <laughs> goes. Gentlemen, this week we watched Taken. I'm just trying to decide when I should tell you that I'm also red blind. Are you really? Yeah. So that was really painful for me to listen to because I understood everything Greg was trying to say. And I understand that Richard's just like, I'm going to do this anyway. <laughs> I, no, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I'm asking actual questions here. <laughs> but what you're... So what Greg's trying to tell you is that what you see as red and what you identify as red, we also see red and we also identify as red. We still see the same red. It's just on... You know when you're like setting the screen for a video game when you first load it? It's like slide this over until you can barely see the logo. That's nightmare fuel for okay. me. Because if they did that in red or green, it would never matter. Because I would probably have to go to one extreme or the other. And that would be the end of it. That's the best way I can explain it. Is that when you're trying to set the sliders for a video game, essentially where you can see differing visibility of the logo, whatever it is, it's harder for us because we have a difficult time differentiating between as Greg said, three to five shades in either direction for each of those primary colors. That's why I can't play shoot 'em up games that have brown. Maybe that's why I'm bad, or I just suck. <laughs> no, I'm saying it, I'm blaming my eyes for it. Oh, okay. I'm amazing at games. Oh, well, then it's definitely just me. I suck. It's fine. <laughs> Lesson learned. I enjoy Destiny. I'm just not very good at it. 
<laughs> Staring at the monitor. You know who else isn't good Richard, at stuff? You, know you think when I look at a screen, it's just gray? <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. Scale. I don't think you live in grayscale. <laughs> you just wondering. No, if you see a screen that's red, you just look straight through it and you see like the back of the screen. That's <laughs> how light works. Yeah, I know it doesn't. I'm not dumb. We're getting there. Oh, no, I, I it, legitimately, I've seen pictures that claim this is how like red, green, colorblind people see, and it shows like, for example, like a pumpkin patch, and it'll be like basically a bunch of fucking green pumpkins. There's three, basically three different iterations of colorblindness. That's one of the three. Yes, that's not the one I have. <laughs> no, so. <sighs> you know what? At least I'm. Better at seeing colors than Liam Neeson as it being a dad. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson was a great dad in this movie. Famke Jansen was a terrible mother. And the, mm. it's, okay. it's happened more than once, though, and at some point, like Deadpool said, we just have to accept that maybe he's not a great parent. Okay. So, I don't remember the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie. Be like before she gets taken, complete blackout. Don't remember it. So I kind of remembered it and I watched it and I really wish that I didn't both of those things. <laughs> Watch this whole movie in forty eight minutes. Um by the way, uh you may hear little Parker. Uh hi Parker. You're definitely gonna hear Parker. Dad's doing daddy time this after I know. It's, trust me, you're not going to Paris. It's fine. I mean, maybe one day, but not anytime soon. Okay? Nah, it's French people. We're not going there. <laughs> um, There's so... so many other countries you can go to that's better. <laughs> let's, Taken... let's circle back. As you are saying, Richard, this week... Taken was made in 2008, I think. I don't know. I've closed the Wikipedia page at this point. Yep. It was 2008. 2008. Yep. Uh, written by Luke Basson and also produced like by Luke Basson Basson uh, and, and you might be saying well that name sounds vaguely familiar uh, what is he known for um, he has got a really long filmography including having made um, Leon the Professional The Fifth Element uh, Taken um, La Femme Nikita. Um, he's currently making a movie, or has just recently released a movie called Dog Man, which uh, I don't know anything about. <laughs> uh, he also made the mistake of making uh, that Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Ooh. Oh boy! Salad back, Daddy. Um, it, it, it's. I say this movie was written by Luke Besson and some guy named Robert Mark Kamen. Oh, this dude made the Transporter movies. And a lot of other... He, he wrote The Karate Kid. You know what? I think I'm just going to quit what I do for a living right now and get into Hollywood because there's a lot of very not talented people being given a lot of money to do a not good job at what they do. This dude wrote The Karate Kid, The Transporter, uh, Transporter 2, 
uh, The Fifth Element. He did rewrites on The Fugitive. And then somewhere along the way, he and Luc Besson took a gigantic shit on a sheet of paper. And they were like, taken. Because this movie does not feel like it was made with a script. Um, what this movie feels like is it feels like they put together Liam Neeson, Famke Jansen, and a bunch of random people who look like they could be CIA agents who retired. And they were like, hey, um, just vamp. And Liam and Famke, don't worry about it. We are just going to overdub everything you say. <laughs> Like a, like a Japanese horror film or something. It, it, dude, it did. It like it felt like every word out of their mouths was overdubbed, and it's not just because it points. It obviously was. Like there were there was a point where they were shooting from behind Liam Neeson's head, and you could see his mouth move, and the words did not match up with the movements of his mouth at all. I didn't watch that closely. <clears throat> I was trying to get make sure I cut through the movie. Um, 20, 20 seconds. 20 so seconds. Liam Neeson is a former CIA agent who's retired. Uh, they open the movie with him doing security work for basically Shakira. <laughs> that would have been fun. I mean, that's who it was. It was her name was Shira, but it was Shakira. Come on, it's it was it was the uh, the Costco version. Yeah, it, it Wish dot com Shakira. Okay, there, yeah, that's close. Yeah. So, so Timu Shakira gets jumped, Liam Neeson saves her, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then his daughter's like, hey, Dad, I want to go to Paris. And he's like, all right, I don't like it, but sure, whatever. And then she gets taken, and that's the premise of the movie. However, it, it inexplicably takes, like, 25 minutes to get to that point. And that 25 minutes, I just boiled down to you in a 30-second explanation and that 30-second explanation is better than that 25 minutes of the movie combined. Yeah, that's how that works. That was so hard to watch. As soon as I started watching it, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. I Let's just... Like blacked out that whole section we watched originally. I'm going to go ahead and just start with the what didn't work before we get to what did work. But I'm going to go ahead and just ask a question right now because mm -hmm. I, I watched the movie, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I didn't enjoy parts of it. Is this a bad movie? It's not even close. The, I'll tell you why it's a bad movie. Is there was a, uh, a particular a particular scene that had to be edited out because it was too graphic. Like how? Like let the movie roll. You okay. Know the scene I'm talking about, right? No. You don't. You don't remember the original one where he sticks the rebar into the guy's legs? Oh, yeah. And then they edited that out, and now he just has it, you know, clamped to the chair. Yeah. Bro, let it, like, that's the whole but that's, point. But that's not why it's a bad movie, Greg. You, you, that's, you, that's, that's you what find epitomizes the movie. one thing to nitpick, and you're like, this movie is unwatchable because of this one thing. And there are so many more glaring flaws with the movie. That That's the epitome of what's wrong with that movie is they you could tell they made so many changes to the way it was and then it ends up being a meh movie i if you're gonna be gritty be gritty don't be i don't think it, i don't think it's meant to be gritty honestly 
I know it's I, not meant to be gritty, but it's like you have that one wicked scene, and then the rest of her, then they're like, oh wait, that's too hardcore. Let's switch this to, let's we're still electrocuting the guy. Yeah. And like, how did he find the construction site? I Nobody think knows. if I'm being honest with you, I think the middle like 45 minutes of the movie, even taking into account some of the glaring shit, like, oh, there's only one construction site in the entirety of of Paris and Paris, oh there's yeah. there's only one building where these guys could be and like that's all the woman tells him she's like they were in the building and he's like cool the building fuck yeah I'll go find that guy murder him but then all of a sudden he, he, he just walks through and says hey you know I need more money yeah you know, I kind of got bro. I kind of got that shtick that kind of works um kind of yeah but I think the middle 45 minutes of it works, but the bookends on either side of that middle 45 minutes are just bonkers bad. I mean, it, it legitimately, it's like they started shooting the movie without a script. And they were like, okay, um, we have found these people off the street. We asked them to write some words down, and we'd like you to read these words. Because it's just hokey. It's hokey as shit. I didn't like the daughter either. No, the the daughter, yeah, the daughter was. I don't baffling. know. I don't know any seventeen year olds that act like that. I uh, never have. Side note, Johnny, I don't know if you recognize the blonde girl. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what she was from. It's, it's Katie Cassidy. She was in the Arrowverse as the Black Canary, and she was right. also in Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never I've never put two and two together. That was her. She's so damn young in it that I was just like, "Wow, that chick looks really familiar," but I don't know who. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty wild because there. One of his friends was also the actor that was from White Lotus that played the. Uh, oh God, this is going to sound absolutely awful because I don't know any of their professional names, but the man who was dating Stifler's mom. Okay. And White Lotus was the guy wearing the uh, hat. Jennifer Coolidge is her name. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so I recognized him from that, and I was like, that's kind of peculiar that he's had a couple roles where he just feels like kind of a shady individual, which most of the people who work in those positions typically tend to be. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It was... When we talked about this last week, we were all seemed pretty excited to watch it. And I was like, hey, Greg, uh, you know, uh, you like Taken, right? And you were like, yeah, I like Taken. Dude, I must have been thinking the wrong thing. None of us remembered the first quarter and the last quarter of this movie. Right. Like, um, there's one, no way. One of us didn't remember any of it because this is the first time I've actually seen this movie start to finish. I'm I'm really loving this because I'm seeing a whole bunch of stuff that like I am remembering why that is the case. <laughs> I like I literally legitimately thought the movie started within like five minutes. She was taken. I uh, same thing. Like it, like I, as soon as I saw him looking at the freaking karaoke machine, I was like, oh yeah, this is that really weird and hokey karaoke machine. <laughs> Oh God, we it's have a really setup. They... Yeah, it's really weird that they do this right before she gets taken, and they took her to the party. And was like, oh yeah, I remember the party. It's weird that they do this right before she gets taken. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like every scene that happened, I'm just like, huh? Sounds okay. Like taken at the concert. Yeah, no, like, she. My brain was just not there at all. Yeah, she didn't get taken at the concert. Oh yeah, she has to go to Paris. That makes sense. That's where she gets taken. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's told her no. He didn't sign the paperwork. <laughs> when is she gonna get taken? I, I, I just I I cannot comprehend that I thought this movie was a masterpiece in like two thousand and eight. I feel like Ruthie from the Ozarks. I don't know shit about fuck. And, and I want to be really clear. Like, I'm not the only one. It's not like I was like, Taken's a great movie. And the entire rest of the world was like, no, it's not. Taken was made on a $25 million budget and made $226 million worldwide. <laughs> and spawned not one, but two sequels. Taken 2 made $376 million worldwide. Where? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I just said worldwide. Okay, but somebody was the majority of that. And please tell me who so we can stop trusting their opinions on cinema. And Taken 3 made a whopping $326 million worldwide. They couldn't, that's what it was. <laughs> they, did, they didn't understand what they were saying. Taken 2 made $139 in North America. Wow. A what? $139? Million. $139 million. Oh, okay. Like, bro, how did you, get, did you get that from Sears or some shit? Uh, did really big. Actually, South Korea, it made $37, no, $15 million. Australia, 20 France, 24 The UK, 40 I'm, I am just I'm I'm astounded. Like, okay, uh, well we've shat on this movie now for like twenty minutes straight. Um, what did work with this movie? I, I I've already said I think the middle of the movie worked. I think that I think there's probably. 20 to 30 minutes in the middle movie that seemed like ready. Like it was it was a steady plot. You get it's, it moved well. But it's almost like that scene where he goes and he threatens the guys and then he murders the entire building worth of people. Yeah. Was either the very first scene or the very last scene. And no matter what, every other scene was substantially below that scene. Right. <laughs> So I, I don't know which, but I, I I thought this since the first time that I saw it. I have no idea how that's not the last scene in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, he gets on the phone with Marco. He voice threatens Marco. And then he goes after Marco. And then somehow the movie still has like 25 minutes left. Right. Can I ask you an honest question? Do you feel like whoever it was saw the first Bourne film and they're like, oh, I can do this, but I can make it different? No, I've already told you. It was Luc Besson, and this is this shit was his bread and butter. But, but it, like, can can you actually say that? He made La Femme Nikita. He made Leon the Professional. 
he made the fifth element. Uh, and his freaking partner wrote The Transporter. Hold on, hold on just one second. So that's two films I haven't seen. I know that's one film you haven't seen. Greg? I saw... I've seen uh, Fifth Element. And I haven't seen The Other Professional or... La Femme Nikita. The other one. Okay. La Femme Nikita. Uh, all, all I'm saying is that I'm... No, th- this is this is his bread and butter. Like this is this is this is his shtick, and this is the other dude's shtick. Like who I said, I already said, wrote the transporter. Like oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah, transporter's a great movie. We're gonna say that, and we're gonna watch it and be like, this movie's. Awesome. I'm I'm telling you, if you go back yeah. and watch it, I think our threshold for what constitute a I feel like 2000 to 2010. There's probably a lot of stuff that we watched. We're looking back the nostalgia kind of skews our perspective on it and i think if we actually went back and expanded on this current subject that we're covering with these three films i think we would <laughs> probably just wish we had written each other a letter to ourselves and been like yeah by the way this will not age well i mean that's very well possible i'm just gonna say again though i loved the transporter when it came out uh, you said you loved this when it came out I jason Statham. <laughs> Well, Jason Statham's more, well, more badass. Jason Statham is more badass. Yeah, I didn't need the guy from. Uh, oh my god, I can't think of the Christmas movie now. Shit. This this film actually fried my brain. I I am convinced that this was essentially like shock therapy, and I don't know why. I felt like the guy in the chair. <laughs> they just left the light on. It's they fine. Sh- they they should have left the guy the pole in his arm legs, man. That was such a good scene. Okay, so um Okay. Getting back to it, you asked what is worked this... in this. Have we actually done any we can of that? Just, we can just move on. Can I actually give a little bit? Okay, go ahead. It was it was I can always appreciate when it comes from perspective, kind of like, oh my God, meet the parents where it's like a retired guy who just can't let go of what he already does. And I mean, has it ingrained in them? Yeah. I think the issue for me is that I look at, and maybe I'm coming at this from a different perspective, but I look at someone with the build and the physique of a Liam Neeson and I'm not shitting on people for the way they look. But did anything about him lend credence to what was happening in those fight sequences? Um, Take, for instance, the spotter at the airport was probably about 230 to 240 pounds of solid muscle. And his ability to just, like, maneuver that much weight. (laughs) I was like, that wouldn't happen. And there's nothing you can show me otherwise unless this person was like a fourth degree black belt. But again, there was no momentum to start it. I just kept watching this and I'm like, I love Liam Neeson and I thought he did a lot with what he was given. So that's kind of my bonus point here. He's really tall. Yeah, he's, he's, listen, Liam Neeson, I love the guy. It's, I don't care what he does. I'll, I'll watch most of what he's in. Cause I, I just, I do think he's genuinely a good actor and 
I mean, if someone is like, hey, if this does a little bit of business, let's do three more and we're going to pay you. I would love to know how much he made for the sequels. But my opinion on this, um, one of the things that did work. Simultaneously, not enough and too much. Yeah. You know what? What worked? Liam Neeson. That's the that's about the extent of my opinion on this. I, I really, I, I don't think I can agree with that because the man legitimately sounded like he was overdubbed the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, I know Liam Neeson speaks English and had a kind of American accent going, but he and Famke Jansen both sounded like they were overdubbed. Yeah. And I don't know how. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So I, you know, the question's supposed to be, is there anything that you need to watch before this? Let's just go ahead and say, what's one movie you should watch instead of this? Uh, I literally just said it. Born Ultimate. The Born Identity. Born Identity is a good movie. Because, I mean, if you're going to get that kind of vibe that they had for that, as you said, that middle 45 minutes, that felt like some of the scenes that were from Born Identity. That film style, that, like, that, can I can I say, like, European kind of, like, vibe to it the way that it was presented because you can always tell when there's like an influence in a film and this felt very much like the way they filmed those as well yeah, yeah. no I agree I just don't like if you look at it from God I'm not even sure if Paris would have been the, the place to do that Maybe it's just because they didn't like Paris. They chose that place to scare people away from going to it. <laughs> you know, I've never been to Paris, so. Because <laughs> I think I think it could happen in Italy also. Um, John Wick Four took place in Paris, right? Big uh, section of it. Is that the new one? I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Just watch John Wick Four. Okay. Yeah, it's a better movie. Right. It's 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 a better movie if, if you're like, hey, I'd really like to get see someone get the shit kicked out of him in Paris. Mm-hmm. Just watch John Wick 4. <coughs> okay. I think it's a good um, um, Greg, what do you have as an alternative? Okay. What would you watch instead? God. There's so many other movies. Like the Born the Born series is my series. So I mm. I bought every one, including the one with um Jeremy Renner. So I love I love the Bourne series. Okay. I can, I can Am I a terrible person for wanting to sing the Mr. Plow song every time people mention Jeremy Renner? Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. Now I decide if I want to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hero, man. That's not a bad thing. So is Mr. Plow. Anyway. Uh so this is not required viewing. We don't need to vote on no, this. No, it's honestly, save yourself the hour, what was this, hour and 30? I think it was a 90 yeah, dead even. It was hour, it was hour 30 exactly. Um, they knew what they were trying to cut. And if you want to watch something and feel better about Liam Neeson, just go ahead and pick up a copy of Love Actually for the holidays and call it a day. Yeah, there you go. Next week, Gregory has picked our next movie. And Johnny is enthused. 
This is yet another film I have not seen, so it's... Actually, I'm pretty sure you did watch this one at RBS. I <laughs> would be shocked. I will watch it. I will watch this. What are we watching? Well, we are watching the Tom Cruise starring Jack Reacher, which yeah. is really cool because the season two of Reacher is going to be starting on Amazon soon. Yeah. And this is the big upside... This has 100% less mutilated penis than ja the Reacher show on Amazon. He's a piece. Have you not watched Reacher on Amazon? I have, but I, I must have blocked that part out. I, it's, I wish I could block it out, but a man uh, hung to a wall in a crucifix pose oh, yeah. uh -huh. with his dick out, uh, mutilated, is not something I can put out of my mind very easily. Okay. I blocked it, apparently. Um, I did just want to offer what I actually did was a little bit of extra this week. And I tried to pick the most obscure, hesitant hero I could think of. And it ended up being Are a rewatch. Are we doing a bonus episode? Uh, it's, this is going to be quick. I rewatched the Lori Petty-led Tank Girl. This is not a bonus episode. We're good. <laughs> I've never heard of it. No, we're good. You, you don't need to. Um, if you don't know, Lori Petty was very famous in the early 90s, mostly thanks to Pauly Shore. Um, this was this was something, but what I did want to say is that I'm thankful I did watch it for one reason, and that is the fact that like I am shocked that I wasn't more aware of a soundtrack for a film than I was with this. Uh, she was at a Comic-Con that I was at. She did not seem to be an entirely nice person. <laughs> I mean, you hang your career on Polly Shore. I'm sure things aren't going to work out that well. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> um, and then I also did watch Buffy the Vampire Slater with Ashley. She had never seen it before, so another reluctant hero film. Um, the original film with Donald Sutherland. You know, it's uh, doesn't yeah, hold you, up. Doesn't watch him for Paul Rubens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If you haven't seen the movie and you love the TV series, you're doing yourself a disservice because it really does. It doesn't necessarily have perfect overlap, but it gives you an idea for where... Because without the movie, I don't think the TV series happens. And without the movie, maybe Hollywood's not cursed with Joss Whedon. Anyway, um, to get back, Taken, now avoid it. Looking forward to walking, watching uh, Tom Cruise. I'm super, super pumped. I'm so excited, guys. I, you, you know, you came around, you watched Maverick last year, and you enjoyed it. I love you both so much that I am willing to do this. You're going to watch Reacher, and you're going to be like, I think I need to go through the entire late-stage Tom Cruise filmography. Richard, the late-stage Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise movies are decent. They are. You've got uh, Edge of Tomorrow... Um, you've got this, you've got, uh, was it Oblivion? Oh, I'm really glad because we can go back uh, and got... do this as a series and you're going to get to watch The Mummy again. I've never watched it. I, I and you're going to watch Dracula Untold because we're going to go back and do the universal overlap. More like Dracula Unwatchable. Well. Anyway, <laughs> that's a joke I've been making for a solid five years. Wow. Well. Uh... Anyway. 
that is what we've got for you this week. If you want to contact us on the Tweet Machine, you can get a hold of Johnny. Um, I am at Johnny Rudo on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of the account, you can also contact us. I apologize. I don't have this memorized. It's at Limited Run Show. No underscore. We don't have an underscore anymore. I don't have to say it. I don't have to say underscore ever again. Yay. Um, <laughs> and if you want to get a hold of Greg, you can do so at... Whoa, Gregory. And for... <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be limited Greg one day. Like it's... 10 years from now, he's going to be like, uh, at limited Greg. And we'll be like, Greg, we haven't done that show in nine years. No, we're literally about to get versus Greg for the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> And you get a hold of me at Richard Versus. Have and a good week, everybody. And? No, that's all I was going to I was going to tee it up, man. You took it. You took my thunder, Richard. You're killing me. Jack Reacher. Uh...